We're going to talk about the Olympics now, and as I said, a bunch of changes happening there. Spectators will not be allowed at any of the events. There's all kinds of restrictions as to what the public can do in Tokyo uh, during these games. A lot of people still asking why these games are going ahead. Tokyo is in a situation uh, right now that is not good when it comes to COVID. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. The other topic of discussion surrounding the Olympics this week is Shikari Richardson, who is uh, the fastest female sprinter in the United States. She will not be in Tokyo for the Olympics next month. She's been banned from competing after testing positive for marijuana. Now, I don't know if anybody necessarily feels bad for her. And and to be be fair, she completely came out and said, yeah, absolutely, I did this. I made a mistake. I was going through some things. Um, I know it's on the list. I I broke the rules. And she took her suspension and walked away. That was it. Nobody is saying that... um, you know, she should be allowed to go necessarily be, because of marijuana. The question that it's raising is, why is that still on the list? You know, it's legal in so many places, including our country and in Oregon, where Richardson trains. Um, so she tested positive for a substance that I don't think many people think is performance enhancing. So we're talking about the larger picture in terms of drugs and doping, and it comes up every single time there is an Olympics. So how can this be addressed? Is there a problem there? We're going to chat now with Angela Schneider, who is the director of the International Center for Olympic Studies at Western University. Good morning, Angela. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, around this discussion, a lot of people saying, well, she broke the rules. She knew what the rules are. Why is anybody feeling sorry for it? That's not really the discussion, though, right? I mean, the discussion is more about how this list is put together and what kind of substances are on it, and if the IOC is really doing an appropriate job when it comes to drugs and doping. Yes, that, that is basically the question. I think you've identified it quite, quite rightly. And, and we then ask, you know, the question, why is there recreational drug like marijuana in, on there? And it seems, looking at her case and what happened and the reason she used it, some people have even argued it's ridiculous and cruel to have this kind of a, a standard in place. So, I mean, there are very, very conflicting views around it. But the reason marijuana is on the banned list is because at its inception, um, I was director for ethics and education at the time at WADA, so I attended some of those mm-hmm. meetings. There was no question that the USA was not going to sign on to the World Anti-Doping Code unless marijuana was on the banned list because um, the U.S. drug czar at the time, General Barry McCaffrey, wanted to deal with recreational drugs, too, because that was part of his mandate. Uh, and so he wanted that on. And, and WADA was asking the government to contribute money. So they're contributing money. They want part of their things dealt with as well. And caffeine was also on the ban list at the time because the South American representatives had an abuse problem with that in sport, and they didn't have the money to run an educational campaign to deal with it, so they asked WADA to put it on the list. Caffeine was taken off in 2003, but not before athletes were stripped of their medal for its use. So this is serious stuff for the implications, right? And and no one seems to be arguing at all that this gal had any kind of performance enhancement from that use that she had of marijuana right. in the 100-meter sprint. So she's being penalized for something. When you look at the criteria for what's on the banned list, it's harm, performance enhancing, and against the spirit of sport. So people are standing back and going, Uh, This doesn't make sense. And the problem is that when we were trying to get everybody to sign on to the water code, it brought with it all the cultural and social issues that people were dealing with. So 
that didn't just focus on solely for mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, and that's the distinction that I think needs to be made, Angela. You make a really good point. Like, if you want to talk about banning substances because they give an athlete an edge in competition, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. But like you say, there's been so much political involvement and so many other things brought in when clearly they don't affect the outcome of the competition. Yes, and so here we're at a problem now where... Removing things is harder in some ways than putting things on. <laughs> you know, the list, the list does get updated and, and things get put on, but caffeine was taken off, but marijuana hasn't. And, and many people are arguing that this needs to change. And the other reason it needs to change is it's expensive to do this testing. It can cost over a thousand bucks per test in the labs. And, and so, you know what? Water doesn't have the money to do this kind of thing when they've been pulled into doing other kinds of research now since the Russian anti, the, the Russian doping scandal, because now they have to do intelligence gathering right. on top of analytical lab tests. So what do we really want to protect the athletes? from or and i think the answer is we ask the athletes so i i believe absolutely from all the meetings that i've attended where athlete collectives have uh, participated they agree with having a banned list and having water they don't necessarily agree with everything that's on it because right now because of strict liability if it's found in their body they're guilty yep. uh, they have to watch every single thing that goes in their mouth like, you know, when you've got things uh, like nutraceuticals and, and other things, there's over 600 things banned. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a bit out of hand. So, you know, what it results in is some people saying, let's just stop this silly testing game and let it go and let's just drop it completely. And the problem is, is that's not what athletes want either. They don't want pharmaceutical libertarianism that everything goes because, you know, you've got gene doping uh, potentials, which can kill people and they're much more they have a much higher performance uh, enhancement but they're also much more deadly so we really need to review this sensibly and and i think the athletes haven't had enough of a voice in that it is them who bear the risks it is them who pay the price so it should be they who decide and it's also they're the ones that are competing right so i mean they're going to know um, what kind of things will give their competitors the unfair advantage, which what is what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to make sure that we're playing on a level playing field here. They're going to know what kind of substances matter and don't matter. That's right. And it's going to be sport-specific. You know, it's not a blanket across the board that something will... Beta blockers will work for the biathlon for shooting, but they're not going to help in the 100 meters. So, you know, there's there's things that are very... They need to be carefully reviewed. One, because we don't have enough money to do yeah. all this. Two, it's too important because the critics will just say, forget it, pull it all down. And we don't want that to happen, I would argue. And, and three, we can't do everybody's social agenda. Everybody's got particular drug issues all around the world. We put everything like that on the list. It's impossible to manage. So we really do need to focus on sport and sport performance 
and from the athlete perspective, what they need. And so I do think that that really needs to have a significant shift. Is there any momentum to actually move in that direction? I mean, uh, obviously a, a case like this, which is so high profile, will put more pressure on, but is there any interest from the governing bodies to take a look at this and maybe come up with a better way of doing it so we don't have these kinds of incidents each and every time the Olympics are held? Well, I, we are seeing comments in the media from, from people that are involved with this or have been involved with WADA and the list, but I, I do think it takes a bit more of a concerted uh, uh, effort. Now, for example, there's a new collective uh, athlete organization called Global Athlete who has been advocating for athletes' rights. It would be ideal for some groups like that to take the charge and to, to focus on it. And also the WADA Athlete Committee need to stand up and, and uh, take stronger roles. I mean, they already participate, but I would argue not enough, and with not yeah. enough power, especially on this issue, because it's, it's them that, that wear it. Exactly, right? yeah. Okay, interesting. Thanks very much, Angela. I appreciate it. Okay, pleasure. That is Bye-bye. Angela Schneider, who is the director of the International Center for Olympic Studies at Western University.